Welcome to Books on Air, the podcast that tells the story behind the book. It includes insights from authors about how they compose their work, what inspires them, and what they hope you'll take away from their book. Here's your host for this episode of Books on Air, Suzanne Harris. Welcome to the Books on Air podcast. I'm Sloan Fremont filling in for Suzanne Harris. This is a podcast where listeners get the secret story behind every book. Joining me today is Dr. Elizabeth Grubbs, author of the book, Grip Life. This book not only raises the reader's awareness of the seven elements of health, but provides them with suggestions for improving their health and a method of evaluation of their progress. They can use their evaluation to improve their two weakest elements. So Elizabeth, I want to welcome you to the Books on Air podcast. Thank you. So let's start out by telling the audience just a little bit about yourself and what led you to write your book, Grip Life. Well, I'm a Southern girl. I uh, went to Southern schools. I've gone to some Northern schools. I've gone to school uh, out of the United States just to see what those universities was like of that particular one. And in the meantime, I wrote Group Life uh, where I camped out in my home during COVID time. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, what is it on my bucket list that I can do? Mm -hmm. And uh, writing a book had been on my bucket list for 10 years. I said, okay, well, I won't do too much interaction with others. So this will be a good quiet time for me to write. Then the next question in my mind was, what do I write about? Right. <laughs> and it, I said, well, it needs to be something that could reach all humanity, mm -hmm. uh, maintaining or improving something, because I think the biggest room in the world is room for improvement. <laughs> yeah. And uh, therefore, I thought about health. And I began to write about health mm -hmm. and life. Because everybody has a life. So I said, well, this might be something that all humanity can use. Right. Right. And so your book, in your book, you talk about seven elements of health. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about those? Uh, yes. Uh, one is physical health, which is body wellness. A lot of people are really about physical health. Mm -hmm. And I like physical health. And sometimes you have to do it according to your age or whatever. And But I can say physical health can be movement for just about any age because mm -hmm. you can do low-level exercises if you're over 65 or 70 or what have you. And uh uh, it's a good thing. Physical health could certainly relieve stress or whatever. And it has to do with body wellness. Some people use physical health uh, to maintain their weight, mm -hmm. so to speak. Uh, mental health, I think, is one of the most important ones because it's mind wellness. Mm -hmm. If you don't have your mind, you do not know what you're doing physically, mentally, right. and, 
and you may not be able to succeed vocationally because it will have uh, influenced your employment rating. Uh, besides that, you have uh, financial health and uh, certainly mental health could influence your financial health right. because you, uh, especially if you're getting that money through a salary or from a job or, or if you need to master your budget. Uh, besides that, you have social health and uh, you may not be in the big society because you might be in a mental facility if you cannot get along with group participation. That could also influence your work job. Mm -hmm. uh, spiritual health, I wrote that because I grew up in a uh, Southern family that valued family, valued God, and certainly valued uh, education. So, uh, uh, and personally, I said, well, let me check a few Bible verses and see if they relate to each of these elements of health. Mm -hmm. And I found out I did locate some that did. And I, I, I use those because, uh, I certainly believe in Christian living. I, and I thought, well, if everybody would live just by the Ten Commandments, this might be a better world. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? <laughs> <laughs> so, so you, ha so you wrote about these elements of health and you've mentioned some of them, physical, mental, financial, social, and spiritual. So tell us how these elements of life influence each other. Well, <clears throat> as I said, one can influence the other. And I gave some examples of mental health now uh, because I'm big about mental health because I had a teenage experience with a lady that lived in the community who had been in and out of the insane asylum. Mm. And uh, sometimes she didn't take her medicine. And that particular day when she visited my grandmother, she had not had her medicine. And uh, uh, physically, she uh, did not look right. Uh, Body-wise, mm -hmm. uh, her shoes didn't even match. Oh, and wow. uh, she didn't have on clean clothes, so that was a physical thing. Uh, as far as her family was concerned, she did have some distant relatives, but the one she had that lived in town uh, could not just take care of her every day because they were working for their own families. Mm -hmm. Vocational health. If you are somewhat irritable at work or you have a lot of stress or you take your stress out on others, that could certainly influence your job. Mm -hmm. Because it would probably, you may not, or if you're depressed or have anxiety or some other mental factor, you you may not be able to concentrate on your uh, employment skill or exercise, what you could do with your marketable skills. Mm -hmm. uh, might not be able to concentrate. Now, mental health will also 
influence your financial health because of uh, you may not be able to make out your budget. You may not even be able to keep your checkbook balance or, or, or whatever. Also, uh, financially, if your mental health isn't good with the company, and that is sensed by you getting in trouble with the boss or getting in trouble with other workers, mm-hmm. uh, then you may have write-ups on your evaluation. And uh, you may even be asked for mental evaluation, have to take a test or something. Uh, social health. People seem to shun people who have been in mental institutions or who've had some mental illnesses in their family. Now, that's just my interpretation of society, that that's the way that has gone from my observation. But uh, uh, socially, they may not invite you to the sorority or to various different organizations or the different type of socials, whereas uh, if you if those that group felt that you had something to offer to the group, uh, would invite you also to become a member. And uh, uh, spiritual health, uh, different people believe in different things. I really don't try to push my belief on anybody. Mm-hmm. But uh, I would say spiritually, uh I call it knee-mail when I pray, and uh, uh, I believe in a higher power. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes if you give that stress, uh, talking to somebody who's not going to tell anybody, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and uh, you close up in a room all by yourself and talk to God, uh, that has helped me. I don't know whether it's helped anybody else, but but I I do believe in doing that. So uh, that's how I think these uh, different elements can influence each other. Plus, yeah, and they, the de- big- they definitely are not independent, right? It, it, with the- one, if one element of health is out of balance, then you know it has a kind of a domino effect, I guess you'd say, because it affects really. You, everything in your life, right? Yes. And, and so, the one thing I need to to say about that that I thought in my own mind is not only do each element influence another element, mm-hmm. each element, okay, I'm a person, but I came from a family, a mom and a dad, okay, what went on in that household, and I'm happy to say was wholesome, <laughs> as I grew up and I look back, because what goes on in household A doesn't go on in household B. Mm-hmm. So that person, the head of the family, would influence the other people in the family, and then those people would live that way from their influence and teaching and influence the community. And a community 
uh, communities can impact states. States impact nations, and yeah. the nation impact the world. So uh, it has a rolling impact. Yeah, it does. That that planet. ripple effect of we yes. think that, mm-hmm. yeah, we, it's easy to think our behavior is you know inconsequential or doesn't really matter. But it, you're right; it does have that that domino that cascading effect um into the rest of the world and so what would you say to listeners maybe who've tried to take control of their own health in one of these areas but maybe they've struggled what advice would you give to them to motivate them or help them maybe look at it a little bit differently well number one uh i would say uh Think about it, uh, write down the pros and cons, write, write down what you think you did wrong first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you go to that particular type of profession. Now, most times uh, a medical doctor could probably make referrals to a person. And then if you didn't want to do that and you weren't sure before you went to a, a medical professional, uh, go on your computer. You can take mental health tests. Uh, it can tell you what you need to do physically. You can just by finding any kind of information on the computer. If you research it and just keep putting in words until you hit on what you want, you mm-hmm. can take uh test for depression. You can take test for anxiety. I, as you see, I'm, I'm really build, uh, big on that mental health because I came out of a counseling background yeah. and uh, uh, relationship. I came out of a supervising background. But you do need to get along with others because uh, a person became human from uh, associating with other human beings. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's true. And yeah. and so what do you want people to know about taking control of their own health? Of any of these elements of health, what would you like people to know about that? Well, <clears throat> it is important to know that one influences the other or may mm-hmm. influence all the others. Uh the other thing is check your health periodically. Take your physical, uh, look at yourself mentally, look at your uh, job. Now, what else can I do for advancement? If you're not the top person, then I would think you would have room for advancement. The biggest room in the world is room for improvement. <laughs> and uh, each person can improve something. Mm-hmm. In his or her life, so uh, you can look at that and and and, and uh, set goals for how you might want to improve that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I love that phrase. You're saying the biggest room is the room for improvement. I, I totally agree with that. I think that's a really um, that's a really good uh, reminder. So let's go back to your book for just a minute. What would you say sets your book apart from other books? Well. A lot of books concentrate on one area. My book concentrates on life. Mm-hmm. It is something that every breathing human being witnesses from mm-hmm. day to day. Right. Everybody has a past 
And some of that past you may not can do anything about, but some of the past you may can get some help to overcome. And then you have a present. So you need to look at what you're doing in these uh, different degrees of elements. And then you need to look to a future if you're looking for a quality life, a more quality life. Mm -hmm. Because what you do as a person may influence communities for generations to come. Yeah. And I'm saying that because uh, I love sweets when I was growing up, and I do now. But I know not to pack ice cream in my freezer or, buy, <laughs> or make cakes or, or whatever, because my grandmother preached that. And 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 I noticed that I said, yeah, too many sweets not good for you. You know, I may eat one a week, but now I have to have some type of self control. You have to practice self control. Mm -hmm. And I, and I think the elderly lady was very wise and knew what she was talking about, and she would walk every day and all of that. Now she lived to be a hundred years old, and oh, her wow. sister and her sister lived to be a hundred and seven. Wow. <laughs> I'm grammatically speaking, I'm thinking, well, I ain't going to get there, but I do want to live <laughs> as long as I can. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And I mean, all, all everything we've been talking about today, this reminder of uh, the seven elements of health, all of these, these parts of our life, they, I kind of think of them as like a Venn diagram, right? They overlap on each other. And when one is out, out of balance, it throws out everything else and being able to understand that, to look at it, maybe in that way too. Cause I think sometimes it's easy to, you know, think that, um, you know, that one thing in your life doesn't necessarily interrelate with the other things. But as we've talked about today, you know, that isn't actually true. There is this bigger picture and, um, we're all part of it. Like you said, and the things that we do, which may seem small or insignificant actually do ripple out into the world. And so it's important to take care of what we can take care of in our space, you know, what we have control of. And I think your book is just a, an excellent reminder of that. So Dr. Elizabeth Grubbs, I want to thank you for joining us and being our guest today. Uh, thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. Well, good. I'm glad we, we enjoyed having you. So uh, again, my guest today has been Dr. Elizabeth Grubbs, author of the book, Grip Life. And you can find more about her book on Amazon and I'll link to that in the show notes. So be sure to check that out. You've been listening to the Books on Air podcast brought to you on webtalkradio.net. You can also hear this podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. I'm Sloan Fremont, and I hope you'll join us for the next Books on Air podcast. Remember, you never know who's going to be here, and you never know what we're going to talk about. Thank you so much for listening. Mm -hmm.